0: want to bother like the list yeah you know what i mean when i'm blowing on the net cuz you and shouts for the team i was in high school dreams. though almost looking clean,
1: teaching game like a teen cuz all these girls so rare i want to talk about uh from you from a fan perspective as to why the team uh is doing so poorly when it comes to uh tv ratings this year so I just want to have like a, a light conversation about that and, you know, you as a fan and also as a season ticket holder, you know, just, just to try to figure out and talk through what the team could possibly do to improve on, on this number and, you know, how surprised were you by the fact that, you know, the, the ratings were as down as they were?
2: Looking at this right now, I don't have the full set of numbers in front of me, but it looks like the Wizards have, if I'm looking at this correctly, there is this article I believe was in Forbes where they quantified the uh the ratings for all the teams so far this year. And the Wizards are in the bottom five for T V ratings, fourth from the bottom yeah. with only I have to, yeah, I'm, Charlotte I'm, I'm, and Denver.
1: I'm yeah, I'm looking at it right now. And this was yeah, right this so, is actually from Sports Business Journal.
2: And okay. so yeah, the Wizards and they had a 55% uh, hit. The, the Wizards did a 55% drop from last season. From last season, season. yep. Uh, um, which is pretty dramatic when you look at these other teams that are either top five or bottom five. And, you know, we were kind of talking before we started recording about this, and I'd be kind of hypothesizing one way or the other, but, you know, my, my sense of things is just that this is the first season, you know, in a while um, that they've come into it with no expectations of making the playoffs whatsoever. Um, you know, fans a year and a half ago before the 18-19 the season we were trying to talk themselves into Dwight Howard. Um, you know, the year before that they were coming off the the playoff run and so everybody was kind of hoping that they could run it back the next season. And, um, you know, maybe the, the closest comparison actually in some ways would probably be the first season that I had season tickets for, which was the 16-17 season where um, part of the reason I got season tickets was because they were quite cheap because the team was having a hard time selling them. Um, you know, because they were, they were coming off the disastrous summer of 16, missing out on Durant, all of that stuff. But, you know, so if I had to kind of, uh, make an educated guess, um, you know, I think it's just that they, there really wasn't a ton of hope for this team coming into the season of being a competitive team. Um, you know, they, they've started off decently, but, you know, I mean, they've been on the same sort of trajectory pretty much all season, um, you know, losing three games for every two that they win and, There were 10 games below 500 before Christmas, and um, so, you know, I I don't think that there's any um, overly complex explanation. I mean, ratings for the league as a whole have been down, but I don't think that would affect the local markets quite as much. You know, I just think that um, they kind of came into the season with the messaging of, look, we're rebuilding, and we're going to see what we have with these young guys. You know, we hope that Brad's going to have a great season, which he's obviously, for the most part, had. But um I just think it's that this was the first season in a while where there was really no path for them to be, um, you know, a contending-type team. And I think people, you know, with the, with the Caps having a great season with other, I mean, even the XFL now, in, which seems to be kind of hot in D.C., um, although that wouldn't have affected too many of these games. But I just think that the bottom line is that people didn't expect them to be good, and they sort of tuned them out. And, um you know, I think we've all seen over the years that when the Wizards are Are playing good they fill the house and people kind of perk up and pay attention but let's face it it's kind of a bandwagon fan group by and large i mean they're you know certainly are the hardcores and the wizards twitter community but um you know there's a lot of casual fans too that um have been a little bit beaten down i think by having a mediocre team for so many years and even the messaging from the front office coming into the season was that they weren't really expecting to be a competitive team this year and you know, that sort of thing has consequences. And when people don't expect that you're going to be good, they probably don't watch you as much, and the numbers kind of reflect that. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, I think that the messaging from the team, uh, the messaging from, you know, Scott Brooks, the head coach, from Tommy Shepard, from Ted Leonsis, from everybody, was that, you know, this was a growth and development year. And, you mm-hmm. know, whatever that really means, uh, you know, from them as far as, you know, uh, what, what they expected. But, you know, I think that the very tangible thing of not having John Wall, uh, you know, a guy who's a yep. five-time NBA All-Star, for him to, for the fans to, you know, assume that you know, he was going to miss the entire season, I think that, you know, that it, it would be foolish to not think that that had an effect on, uh, you know, the team and, you know, who, and, and how much the fans would still watch the team. And so when you also, when you add in, you know, you had, uh, you know, the, uh, all the, all the Las Vegas sports books had, you know, the team, uh, rated as one of the worst teams projected coming into the league and that they would win only, uh, 26 games, 27 games. I think that that played a factor in it. Um, you know, uh, with, with, with the, a lot of the roster being comprised of guys who, uh, you know, the team uh, didn't really, you know, the, a lot of the players didn't really uh, know. Like, so a lot of those guys, like, you know, Davis Bertans. while he's had a great season, not a lot of people knew about Davis Times before this season. You no, know, a lot of, yeah. not, a lot. not a lot of people knew about uh, Mo Wagner and nobody knew who Isak Bunga was. And, you know, yeah. I, I think that that might have been part of the reason why Isaiah Thomas was here. You know, to to try. Yeah. And, you know, because the fact that they are running a business, and you know, even though he was, you know, uh, one of the worst players uh, on the team and one of the worst players in the league for the course of this season, that he had name recognition, and that you know, there 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 were it promotional nights, and you know, they 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 as far as social media recognition goes, that Isaiah Thomas was a much more recognizable and marketable name than a lot of these other guys. And so you know that 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 actually, when you look at the, the the numbers, and you know they they could have been a lot worse if it wasn't for IT. So you know I, I think yeah. that 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 definitely factors into some of the business decisions that they made.
2: Well, and, and I wonder though, also like you know the local ratings don't look great, but I wonder you know just having Rui on the team and the interest of the Japanese media and you know how much social media attention that brings, yeah. My sense is that their overall business is pretty healthy right now. Um, I don't know how that translates, you know, the, the fan interest running Rui and kind of the international star that he is, how that translates to, to dollars and cents. But, um, you know, it seems like that would be a big revenue stream that is new this season. And then also, I mean, there is the reality that I think with a lot of the diehards, um, you know, I've seen some people on Twitter saying this, that, you know, getting rid of Phil of and Steve uh, has kind of alienated – some of the hardcore fans who are, you know, sort of boycotting the, the telecast, um, you know, and we're in a day and age now, I mean, you know, um, they, they black out the local games and NBA league Pass, but there's still ways to find Reddit streams or, you know, if if you really want to follow through with not patronizing the the product, uh, you know, because of, because of anger that they got rid of, of Phil and Steve. So, you know, that probably has some sort of impact, but, um, more broadly, I just wonder if in this day and age um, where the local ratings kind of fit into the overall business model of the NBA, um, I don't get the sense that this is like a dire situation for the team, but, you know, you do see that they're bottom five in the NBA and local ratings, and that is pretty galling because, you know, I think they're we could probably each off top or head identify five teams that are in worse situation um, than the Wizards are, including my Timberwolves, who are lowest in the league in attendance right now. But uh apparently they aren't one of the bo- bottom five teams in ratings, so they at least have that going for them. But anyway, you know, so I, I just wonder, you know, it'd it actually be a good kind of, uh you know, it, it'd be something that I'd be interested to hear more from the team about. Just obviously they want the ratings to be as high as possible, but, um you know, you see some of the tweets, uh, you know, that are in the Japanese language about Rui that are on the NBA account, even on the Wizards account, in the, the sort of engagements that they get. You know, myself as someone who spends a lot of time on Twitter uh, some of these Rui tweets are like you know just huge compared to the other tweets that uh, you know are about players who aren't Japanese, and you know I just wonder if you know what sort of what that does to their overall what 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 that what that's done for their business this season.
1: Yeah, no, I agree completely with everything that you're saying. I think that um, you know because when when you talk about the TV ratings, it's really just you know analyzing the data from NBC Sports Washington, and so you know who's to say that I think that. Um, you know, people cutting the cords from their cable companies is probably, you know, just as big of a factor as, you know, whatever broadcast, you know, change that, you know, that that I think fans are upset over. Um, And I would be very interested to see, you know, what their numbers would look like internationally and, you know, uh, and what form, how how do people in Japan watch Wizards games? There's something... And I would, I would like to see what, you know, what those numbers would possibly look like. And, you know, if, if the team is, you know, showing, uh, growth in other areas. But, um I do think that this is not something that the, uh, current ownership group is, would, would would be having a lot of concern about. Um cause I think that, you know, this doesn't put them in any dire straits because, you know, I think that Ted Leones is, uh, heavily invested in, uh, in, in the Wizards and, and, uh, the product that, they, that he's uh, putting out on the floor, and so they're 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 investing more money into this situation as opposed to investing less. So you know when when, when you talk about you know them investing into this you know uh, new practice facility, and you know they share the mm-hmm. same facility with the Mystics, and they have the Capital City Go Go, and they like they're 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 you know even though the ratings and stuff are going down, this is you know this is a project for Ted, and I think that he is in it for. The long haul. So no, I, I know yeah. that this is yeah, this is not any anything that's dire uh, from an organizational standpoint because you know they're they Ted putting his money where his mouth is at the very least, and so you know I, yeah. I think that yeah, but there, there, there's a chance that you know the, the Wizards could see because of you know uh, you know the popularity of Rui and you know them them really kind of in this flag in the Japanese NBA market. That, you know, these numbers could look drastically differently, uh, over the next few years as Rui continue, continues to develop and his popularity continues to grow. So, you know, I, I do think that there are some very interesting things that the Wizards can do to get themselves, you know, in a better position as far yeah. as having more eyes on their games. But, you know, it, it, it is definitely still something to, of note to, to, to see that, you know, that, that people really aren't watching uh, as many Wizards games, and you know, I, I think that the, the the topic, the conversation, uh, has has dramatically decreased over the last few years. So when you talk about you know uh, the local newspaper coverage, and when you talk about you know the the sports radio stations, you know the team nine eighty and 106.7 the fan, and you know how often they talk about the Wizards, and you know, I, I yeah. think that the, the the this is a real uh, thing, and the the, the decrease. Is 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 actually real, but I do think that the team yeah. is in a good position to have that change going forward.
2: Well, they are, and, and you know, it's also worth keeping in mind that just a couple of years ago, one of the big complaints was that the Wizards for the longest time didn't have a G League affiliate. Well, now they have one raised in the city, you know. So I mean, yeah, I think you're right that the that the infrastructure is there and that the investment is there, so you can't really complain about that, yeah, but. You know, I also just wonder, I mean, the the context right now is you have the defending champion Washington Nationals, you have the Capitals, one of the best teams, you know, the Redskins are always a big deal. So, you know, the Wizards, I mean, that's just, you know, any city that has this many professional sports teams, they kind of ebb and flow, and the Wizards are at sort of a low ebb right now, but um, I think we've all seen over the years that when this team wins, people come out and tune in, and, you know, D.C. can be a great fastball city in that respect um but you know th- there's a consequence to basically having you know 30 down years with you know what 40 40 plus now since they've won 50 games um you know and the consequences that people kind of tune you out when they don't expect you to be good because you don't have that sort of emotional investment and you know that's just a legacy of uh of a lot of bad years that were in the past. But again, you know, I think, you know, when you even look at where this team is at now compared to a year ago, um, it's hard not to feel, you know, even myself as someone who's, you know, somewhat minimally invested as a season ticket holder, um, you know, it just makes you feel better spending money on the team that they actually have a direction and a pathway toward, you know, contending in some form next season. And, you know, the other thing that I think um, will be really that people will kind of turn their attention to after this season ends is that, the John Wall return story next year is going to be incredible. You know, his first two games back, we don't have to see how he plays, obviously, but um, there's going to be a lot of hype and build-up surrounding that, and that'll probably bring a lot of renewed attention to the team. So you were probably right, and I of neglected that in in my, uh, you know, when you brought up the topic, you know, I sort of neglected to bring up John Wall, but I think you're probably right, Troy, in pointing out that, you know, him being out, um, you know, for the casual fans was a, is a huge factor in why people aren't watching them as much this year.
1: Yeah, I mean it, this is one of those things that's like uh uh um name recognition. I know that's a very big thing for you in, in the politics world, you know, when you're talking about <laughs> people and and how popular they can be. But name recognition is a, is a very uh human element It's a real thing. And so when you talk about, you know, John Wall, five-time NBA All-Star, you know, a guy that, you know, the, even the casual NBA fan uh uh can recognize and so, you know, when everybody knows that, you know, he's not going to be playing this year, I think that that's a, a, a very big factor. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. And, and uh, you know, hopefully uh, as the team uh, continues to progress that, you know, uh, Bradley Bill can join him as one of those uh, recognizable names. Uh, I, I'm still, you know, trying to figure out why Bill isn't as popular as he is. Like, you know, this is a guy who he lives a very fun life. He's got – he's got a cool fiance, like, he's on social media, he talks about cool stuff, he does good interviews, he does things in the community. Like, he's a very bright guy. Like, I don't know, like, he has all of the kind of tools, all of the factors that would lead to believe that he will be popular, but for some reason it just doesn't translate. And so, you know, when you look at uh, all-star voting, uh, you know, for him to be finished in ninth behind, you know, some of the guys that he was behind, like it, it, it's really kind of surprising and alarming uh, to see him not be as popular as a lot of these other NBA well, players.
2: Well, two quick things on that. I think one is that um, the voting happened kind of before this hot stretch that he's been on. I mean, he, you know, there was a stretch kind of in December where he was out for a while, and the team was kind of playing well without him. And then he came back and was kind of playing hero ball, and they were losing. You know, so, I mean, that that's worth kind of keeping in mind that his best stretch has been right after the voting essentially ended. And so, you know, in that sense, if they did the voting two weeks later, he probably would have made it. But then number two, um, I really wonder if it's ever happened before where a player hasn't made the All-Star team but ended up being All-NBA. Um, I've seen a little bit of chatter on Twitter. I haven't really seen a, a definitive.
1: You no, know, I, I, I think Rudy Gobert is the answer to that. I think that I okay, that last year. okay. Yeah. So man, it feels like made that's everything. in play.
2: You know, it feels like that's in play if, uh, if the team continues, you know, playing well and Beale, you know, keeps up what he's been doing the last couple weeks. I mean, you know, so, so that, that would be kind of a cool, you know, sort of, uh, you know, it wouldn't necessarily make up for the all-star snub, but I will say that, um, based on Brad's Instagram stories, I mean, it seemed like he had a pretty good time going down to Gainesville uh you know he was down there for a basketball game it looked like they kind of honored him and you know he even looked like he went to like a burger place that must have been his favorite when he was there or something so um I can't imagine he was too upset with that but um you know that'd be a cool you know kind of show of respect for him and maybe that gives him something to shoot for is that um you know I think an all-nba berth is still within within sight if uh if he can keep this pace up but you know yeah i mean you, you raise some good questions i mean some of it probably is that he spent most of his career kind of as the the robin to john wall's batman and um you know maybe that's just kind of how he's perceived but you know he's never really been that guy on a on a winning team either so um you know i have very fond memories thinking back to like february of 2018 everybody eats wizards you know the first time John Wall went out and how good Brad was playing, you know, on a team that at that point was like 10 games above 500, um, before they kind of collapsed late. But, you know, in general, Brad hasn't been associated with a ton of, of winning. And so that probably affects his perception a little bit too. But you're, you know, you're absolutely right that, you know, he's got a great fiance. He's got two of the cutest little kids that you'd ever see. And, you know, for that reason, I love following him on Instagram. But, um, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't really translated to like, the you know the household status that that John Wall has in this market.
1: Yeah, nah, it, it, it's a very interesting thing, and I, I think we need uh, we, we need to put Don Draper on the case to get him some uh, <laughs> some, more, <laughs> some, some more ad uh, currency. But uh, otherwise, I think I agree one hundred percent with your sentiment that hey, if Brad can lead this team on a on, on a playoff run, he he can lead them to the playoffs. Hey. He's gonna be all NBA, and so hey, you know, he, he'll, he'll start getting. Out. Exactly, he'll start getting all the recognition that he ever wanted if he can do that.
2: <laughs> would he be? And maybe this is a good question to kind of would would he be eligible if he makes all NBA this season uh, for a super deal, still, or is that ship failed at this point?
1: I think that ship has sailed uh, because of his, because he signed his latest contract. But um, that I, do, I do think that um, I know that one of the reasons why um, that he signed the contract that he did with the, with the one-year extension, with the one-plus-one, was because um, in the summer of 2022, that would be his 10th uh, NBA season. And so that okay. he would be eligible to sign a bigger contract extension, whether that be a Supermax or even just a regular Max contract, but he'll be eligible to sign for more money per year because he would be a vested veteran of more than ten years. So you know, I think that there there are a lot of like, hey, Brad, Brad, the way they worked his contract out is is actually really smart. And so trust me, he he's put himself in a position where you know maybe not on this contract, but he outside of this contract and he signs another deal, he's gonna get paid. He's gonna get paid the most amount of money that he can pay a quarter to, you know, wh- whether he makes All-NBA or Supermax, whatever he can get the most of, he's oh, going to get that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, let me let me tell you this. I got to tell you this is kind of a funny story uh, before we wrap it up here with uh-huh. Beal specifically because uh, when I moved here, like like I said, the first season I had tickets was sixteen seventeen, 17 And Beal that year, I think he missed like the first handful of games because he was coming off. Uh the year before was a year where he had all the stress reactions and he basically missed like most of the season. Um and so they were kind of easing him back. And actually I've I've deleted uh very few tweets over the years because of bad takes. They usually just sort of leave them out there if they're you know if it's a bad take. But one tweet that I did post and I'll confess on a Wizards podcast to posting this, is that one of the first Wizards home games I went to, I compared Bradley Beale to Rashad McCann. Oh, my um, goodness. The guy who I, yeah. Cause, and and I, <laughs> I still kind of stand by the comp in terms of style. Like, you know, Beal is like the, you know, Beal is like the billionaire's version of Rashad McCants. Um, but, you know, that is kind of what McCants' game could have been, you know, sort of like the all-around scorer, kind of athletic, a little bit undersized maybe for what he is. But, um, you know, so I was dead wrong on Beal to begin with, and he's been, you know, so fun to watch over the years. Um Little did we know, I mean, the 16-17 year arguably, you know, in terms of efficiency was his best season to date, but, you know, the, the variety that he has to his game, everybody eats era, and then, you know, this year, uh, really being that kind of alpha on offense to sometimes mixed results, but, you know, lately I think we've seen him, uh, translate that to some, to some winning performances, so. He's been really fun to watch. I hope he's a guy who ends up sticking around. But uh, you know, I do think, as we kind of touched upon earlier, next year will be kind of a litmus test for uh, you know whether this John Brad thing will ultimately work out or not. Here,
1: yeah, no, I, I think that's a litmus test, and I think that you know that that will be the the first sign of the things that are to come. So you know, if, if that goes well, then I think that you know the, the the Wizards will continue to invest in the route that they're going, but. You know, if that doesn't go well, you know, I could very easily see the Wizards, you know, trying to trade and get as much of a haul as they can for Bill and we will be officially starting the uh Rui Hashimura era in D C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Hey and I you know, if he if he turns into that sort of player then then it's probably turned out okay. Um but Hey man, you know, Cha- Chauncey, I, I Chauncey, I
1: Billups. Chauncey Billups said Kawhi landed on draft night. And I, oh, I, I remember wanna that. say it's it's a hey, it's still in play. So.
2: <laughs> it is still in play. I mean, you know, I remember cause, yeah, I remember watching that, and you know, and my jaw kind of hit the floor. Obviously, I was excited because the Wizards had just drafted him. But you can kind of you know you can see it. I mean, you know, it's absurd to compare Rui to Kawhi, but you can see it with kind of the length, that mid-range game, you know, just activity level. Um yeah you could see it I mean he needs to you know the the three point shots looking pretty flat at this point and um he's not really an impact player on defense at this point but uh you know certainly you couldn't have asked for much more out of a rookie season um especially considering you know the injury that he had being one of the most horrific you know without even knowing the full details of what happened but uh anytime you have to have a procedure where he had a procedure um, I probably would have taken the rest of the season off personally. So I give him credit for for coming back and playing well. Yeah, man,
1: but he he uh, he he played that uh, traumatic technical injury better than I think that ninety nine percent of uh, of, uh, of men in this world would have played it. So yeah, I, I wonder. I, if, kept... I
2: wonder if he and Esau, can, you know, do they have? Is is that like a joking matter between them at this point? Or yeah, I, I believe so. They're
1: they're 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 friends. They're locker mates. So you know they they have a okay. good relationship. So yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're on joking terms with that quite yet. You know that, <laughs> <laughs> that that might that might get you a little scared out. But yeah, no, no, they're they're good and they're hey, they're they're actually legitimately friends though. So you know it, it was that's an good. accident. What water under the bridge? Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I'm glad he made a full recovery.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Well, Aaron, when when you start getting to uh, uh, traumatic testicle injuries, I think that 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 might be the point that the podcast has has run its course. But I want to thank you so much for coming on because, you know, it's good to have, uh, you know, these talks with people who are inside the Wizards community, but, you know, not really covering the team and not really, you know, so you give a different perspective, a fresh perspective, and I greatly appreciate that. And, and, again, like I said, I greatly appreciate all of your commentary and your contributions to Wizards Twitter. So, you know, for, for a guy yeah. who has just come in over the last, you know, four seasons or so, like you, you're, you're a very active participant and, and a voice of reason yeah. among Wizards Twitter. So that, 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 that's something that I would like to commend you for. So. Oh, thank you,
2: Troy. <laughs> well, can, and keep up with your coverage yourself. You know, I'm sure i will be DMing you at the next game about, the first time that Bertans gets beasted on a defensive rebound. But uh, yeah, also, I wish I could tweet more about the Wizards. But you know, because I cover politics, it's like when I tweet about the Wizards, I almost invariably lose followers. You yeah, know, cause it's just not. That's just not what people. People just don't follow me. But but I'm always happy to talk about the Wizards in my replies. So you know, shoot me shoot me a note about the Wizards if uh, if you feel so inclined, and I'll definitely reply. But I probably won't quote tweet because again. You know that just I, the followers just melt away when I tweet about basketball. So,
1: exactly. But go, but go ahead and, uh, and drop your uh, social media handles so that you know all of the Locked On Wizards fans out there who are not familiar with your great uh, politics work can go ahead and follow and and you know be able to learn something. And like like I said, man, if you watch any viral video. That has anything to do with politics? Like, there's a very high percentage chance that it came from Aaron's account because he's that sharp with it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I'm, I'm guessing if you're still listening at this point, you know, search me on Twitter, you'll find me. But my handle is at ATRupar. so you know, you can follow me there. Um, I'll fave all of your tweets about the wizards, but you know, even if I don't retweet them or you know, but I'll either I'll either save them or reply to them. So, you know, it's it's not a bad deal. There you go, man. Well
1: Eric, like I said, I greatly appreciate you for coming on, man. This is fantastic. This will not be your last visit on, but you know, nice. I I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go ahead and do your thing for uh for, for this politics season and I will of course will be following <laughs> along with, with everything because because I'm a I'm I'm a good American, that's why.
2: <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Of appreciate course. It.
0: P.G. Legend like Gilbert Arenas Now I'm chillin' back, giving advice I buy my girl shit that don't matter the price They see that I'm taking, they try gettin' pants labor money, I just tell in advance I ain't cheating, I'm just tryin' to dance She just trying to have me up in the trance I'm in a striker like fuck it. They just to make some buckets Love when I slap down my ones, But it bounce like a ball when I struck it So if you ever see a real nigga like me Just let them live and just be how it be Go to the club with them two and you'll see With a J, we'd be on the same team I want a baller like the Wizards Yeah, you know what I mean when I'm blowing on the net, girls shooting shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean, teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. I want a ball I like the whistles Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing on the net, girls shooting shot for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean, teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring.